Greetings all, this is Iwu, the Any Star host of the Dynast Podcast. The name of this episode is called The Culture, The Culture EP. What does it mean to have a culture? What does it mean to establish a culture? These are things that are like cliches in sports that just are thrown around and people, you know, they use that to, to bash our Knicks. But um, a lot of people don't even know what culture means. And we're going to get into that because... You, you must learn... The culture, culture of teams, is probably like the most overused term in all of sports, especially right now, because everyone's um, hypnotized about what the Spurs did and even just what the like the Patriots have done, and just go down the line to every different sport. Not, not so much the Yankees, because everybody hates the Yankees, but just just the whole term of culture is is just thrown out of blown out of proportion, because. Things, things have to happen in order for, for you to win in sports. It's not just about one person coming in coming in and start yelling and screaming about certain things. You know, like um, Belichick. Belichick didn't just pop up in um, New England and then snapped his finger like Thanos. The next thing you know, they had a winning team. Because Tom Brady was like, what, like a 20th round draft pick, whatever it is? That's an exaggeration. But, I mean, he was like a low round draft pick. And um, who would have thought that he would have been like the greatest quarterback to ever live? So, I mean... Is that a culture? Did the um, Patriots um, draft um, someone in like one of the lower rounds, expecting that to blow up and make and turn um, um, the team into a winning culture? These things are um, a lot of these things happen by fluke, and that's ex- absolutely a fluke. That's like Michael Jordan being um, drafted in, in, um, in like the not even being drafted, just being undrafted and being the greatest player to ever live, but becoming undra- undrafted. You know, the, the things like that rarely happen. You know what I'm saying? So. Just to go on from that, things have to happen. Even when you talk about the Spurs and, uh, you know, Greg, Pop- Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich almost lost his job. If you go back into history, if you, if you look back to when the, first, um, the Spurs first started, Popovich almost lost his job before um, before he went in and, um, and uh, drafted, um, you know, Tim Duncan and, um, you know, Manu and freaking Tony Parker. Before all those guys came there, he almost lost his job. You know what I'm saying? Uh, David Robinson got hurt. They had a losing season, so he was lucky. If they, if they didn't if they didn't um win the lottery, and then if they didn't weren't lucky to get um Mano and, and um and uh, Parker, they, they um he probably wouldn't even be be coaching right now. You know what I'm saying? It it all it all things happen. You know, just just happen and come into play. Of course, Popovich could be credited for for being a good coach. Also, too, he um these guys Tim Tim Duncan Tim Duncan um he's just lucky to to get a guy like that. You know, especially um, Dave Robinson too. You know, he's a military guy. You know, and all these guys bought into that system. You know, uh, Tim Duncan was a, was a cycle. The guy didn't, didn't show no emotion for all the years he's been in the NBA. The only time he showed emotion was towards the end of his career when he was fighting the ref. That ref that was always messing with him. They was beefing with each other on the court. That was the only time he showed emotion. Even when KG was in his face and like slapped him and all kind of stuff, he didn't show no emotion. You know, so these are the type of people that that, that we um that we play that we that we um excuse me that the um Spurs um picked up. These all fluke things, man. Like you know, you can just go down the line with with um with with um great teams out there. Jordan himself averaged 37 points uh, one year, and um he was killing the league by himself. Air Jordan jumping in the sky, hanging in the air, everybody hits the floor, and he's still in the air. You know, they didn't start winning until 
Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was a throwaway player. He was a, a, a mediocre point guard and then had like a, a nine-inch uh, pause um, growth spurt. And next thing you know, he's six foot eight with point guard skills. You know, and then he gets drafted whatever he, uh, whenever he got drafted. How lucky is that? He came from a no-name school. You know, next thing you know, he's like a 50 greatest player. Like, did did um did the Bulls um, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, did, did the Bulls just like pull him out of out of out the, out the air? Basically, yes, that's what they did. There's not something that that um that they that they planned. They, they were just lucky to get it. And then of course, Phil Jensen came in there and put everybody in, in their places. You know, you know these these things these things are, are not so so easily controlled. You know what I'm saying? So just 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 say like the Knicks. The Knicks don't have a culture right now. Okay, cool. They don't have a culture. What? is it what is a culture what is a culture now i understand you know the culture that we had before phil jackson he tried to establish his culture was the triangle zen master and all this other stuff you know he, he proved to be outdated because he, he pissed off a lot of people in the nba which is the way that he was speaking interacting on twitter and this that and the other people were, were getting pissed off about it because they really don't understand him he's a 70 year old man 70 year old man that's like past his prime way past his prime and then he's picking up in this generation where everybody's so sensitive and all our super superstars lebron uh you know chris paul all these guys were all vocal against um phil jackson all these guys are, are freaking sensitive all of them are sensitive you can't talk badly about them you got even even our own kevin knox is like that you know you give him a pass because he's only 18 19 years old now but um even him he's like oh if you boo in the garden you're not a real knicks fan i mean come on now you know that's that's if you want to establish culture, that's not how you establish. You don't attack the fans for anything. You know what I'm saying? You know the fans themselves have their own problems. You know, like I, I tell you a story about that happened in my my job today. This guy, you know, I'm always nixed down. You know, so I, I haven't seen this guy in a minute. So he sees me. He just kept looking at me, looking at me, looking at me. So he comes over and he goes, "Oh, yo, so uh, yeah, uh, we think about the Knicks. We think they're gonna do." You know, he's just waiting for me to give him give some kind of answer. But you know, as I'm like. I'm dressed to the to the T with Nick gear, so he's expecting me to just bust out in some crazy like um retarded rant. So I was like, I was like, yo man, well we on we playing the waiting game, man. We can't do nothing until May 14th. So he just kind of looked at me like, like what the fuck? What kind of fuck kind of answer is that, right? So then you know, long story short, he just starts going into like a tangent. Next thing you know, we're not having a conversation. He's just yelling, and I'm quiet. He's just yelling, and then two other guys get involved, and then now three guys are yelling. I'm not even in the conversation now. And, um, you know, main thing, the one guy that, that chimed in said, oh, they need to get rid of the owner. First of all, you cannot get rid of an owner. I wish people would stop saying that. Even I have a, I have a, um, a, a T-shirt on my on um, the merch site that says Fire Dolan. It's like the dumbest T-shirt in the world. But people are buying it, believe it or not. They want to fire Dolan. You cannot fire an owner you can um persuade the owner to sell the team even the stuff that happened with sterling sterling didn't have to sell that team he just sold the team because because he didn't want to deal with it he was embarrassed or whatever you know what i'm saying so and plus he got a bit a big time profit off it too so it worked as a businessman for him to just sell the team and just count his money you know what i'm saying so i mean like pe people just need to get their shit together when it comes to this whole world this whole whole world excuse me i'm from brooklyn yeah culture the word culture so yeah do the knicks have a culture right now my answer to that is yes we have a culture the culture started as soon as um chris mills took the team by the balls and hired um 
uh, Scott Perry. Now, as soon as as soon as um you know Phil Jackson was fired and whatever, I was saying to myself, yo, they need to get a basketball guy. They tried they tried their best. They got the greatest coach that ever um ever lived, you know, statistical wise or whatever. He got the Zen master, this that and the other, all these different things. He has a New York pedigree. He came from you know he was drafted to the Knicks originally back in the seventies. You know what I'm saying? So he has the roots down here. So he was the perfect person to to call. You can't fault Dolan or anybody for for trying that. I mean, he was the greatest coach to ever live. What the hell? It didn't work. But you you can just see from that the Knicks were trying to establish something. So anyway, Phil came in here and he he, he fired a lot of people. You know, got a lot of somebody retreads that was out here, the yes man and stuff like that. He cleaned out the office, and um, Dolan didn't interfere, which was great. So now with the whole Chris Mills thing, uh, you know, he hired his um Scott Perry, and um again Dolan is giving Chris Mills full autonomy you know full on like reign where he can make his own 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 um, decisions without having to worry about what dolan's gonna say so he went and hired scott perry now i know scott perry from when he was on orlando and uh, and and just before the knicks hired him he was in sacramento and he was um dealing with their whole draft and this that, and the other trying to get players in trying to get the players into sacramento but as soon as the um field got fired uh everything changed and you know he was allowed to leave Sacramento and become and come to the Knicks. Now before I get into anything else, uh, um, the whole culture thing, uh, Scott Perry and um, Mills they wouldn't hire their own people surrounding them, like uh, what's the name, um, uh, Michelle Obama's brother. You know he's a basketball guy, and they wouldn't hire him to be part of um, not not the coaching staff, but like one of the, one of the other hiring positions, maybe player development or something like that. You know he's been he's been known for that. He was doing that in, with the Bucks. And if you look at the Bucks, do you think he did a good job in the Bucks? I would think he did, cause they they seem to be on the way up. And then their players that they've been bringing over have been have been great. You know, seamlessly fitting fitting into what they want to do over there. So hopefully, what whatever he can bring is is what is what um what's what's happening to the Knicks right now. Now also the first thing that they also did as far as um the um the roster is concerned was try to get young. To get young players, a lot of um, guys that that um, that have um, high pedigrees as far as being high draft picks and this, that, and the other. He went and got Vonley. Vonley was a high draft pick. They went and got um, uh, Emmanuel Mudiay. He was a, a high draft pick. They, you know, they went and got they went and got a, all these different players, um, high these high draft picks to just mix around in there. It's gonna be Mario Hazona. I was at the tip of my tongue. Mario Hazona. He was in the um, the KP draft, and a lot of people wanted to get him over KP at the time. You know, so all these different players that um that that were high-ranking draft picks, he brought them in here to give them a give them a look. They're all young, whatever, and then they all mess with with each other too. Especially, you know, with, with all the losing and stuff like that, they, these guys still stay together. And every single game, you couldn't you can never say that they didn't play hard. So um, we went and got uh uh this guy uh from um from Miami, former Memphis coach uh Fizdale. They went and got Fisdale. Fisdale is um uh, is known for play development. Also, he also helped. He helped um, um Wade when he was in Miami. He helped um, LeBron. All these different things. You know, what I'm saying he's not afraid to mix it up with certain guys. Not afraid to challenge certain people. He went to Memphis. It didn't really go too well with Memphis because Gasol. Gasol, I guess they didn't like that. He didn't like that approach. You know, maybe it might be a culture thing too. That's, the, that's that word again. Maybe it might be a culture shock with somebody from Europe. It's not used to a guy operating this way, whatever. But you know, Conley went and had some of his better better um, years when um, Fizdale was there. 
You know, but he was fired too soon. They should have gave him a um, longer chance. But I mean, he's with the Knicks now, so this is what it is. You know, right now that all the um the, the kids that are on the Knicks right now took on Fizdale's uh, whole persona, playing hard, playing defense, getting out there, certain things that he wanted them to do, like Mitch Robinson, Master, um, just the lobs. There he goes. You can look at you can look at the time, like around 11 o'clock. That's when my man just um peels off every 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 single time I do the podcast around 11 o'clock. That's when he comes through. So he's becoming like uh, my good luck charm. So don't be alarmed by that because that that happens basically every episode. So anyway, you know we got Mitchell Robinson master the lobs and the blocks and this that and the other. Not really doing too much as far as moves is concerned. Not doing too much as far as shooting is, is concerned. Keeping it real simple, especially from a kid that that didn't play any college basketball. And um, Mitch Robinson excelled in in um in that respect. Then um you know you could just go down the line. Even Moody Eye, Moody Eye, he got him not to be falling on the floor every five minutes because that's what Moody Eye used to do. He would go for a move and he would be on the floor. And then while he's on the floor, his man is flying up the court making a layup. You know, so he got him to stop doing that. And he got Moody Eye to be more aggressive. Moody Eye averaged like almost, I believe it might be like a little bit under 18, but he averaged around 18 points a game. This year, he was like the most consistent Nick in the, in the whole the whole roster. You know, you can just go down the line. We have we have an important young person at every position. So that that that's the culture we want to we want to establish. We wanted to get younger, and we got younger at every single position. We have a young, well, except um, power forward. Power forward, we're kind of lacking a power forward, but a lot of people like Vonley, so we might end up keeping him. But he's currently a free agent right now, so I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep him. But we got Kevin Knox, we got Mitch Robinson, we got um, Dennis Smith Jr. that we traded for, we got Moody Eye still, then you got Dotson, you got a whole, all these different guys that 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 um they brought in as um young players. So now when we, when we start to sign these free agents and this and the other, we already have our culture established. We know what, how we want to play. So now these guys that come in, they're gonna come in and they're gonna enhance what what we are already doing. So like a Durant, Durant is somebody that um they could play anywhere. You know, so whatever, you know, system or cultures is, is established, when he gets there, he's just going to establish what the Knicks are already doing. So that's what it's all about. And it's probably, especially if, if you um, bring in a Kyrie. And now, you know, and then what I've been thinking about myself as far as um, roster building is concerned is if we don't get Zion, if we don't get Ja, and if we don't get R.J. Barrett, then we need to trade that pick. And if we trade that pick, we need to get a player. Not just a player. We need to get a player almost on the par with a Durant and a Kyrie. So you know, that's 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 um number one. We have to get Durant. We have to secure him. Once we get Durant, we have to secure his um his number two. You know, whoever that is. It might not even be Kyrie. It might end up being Kemba or somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So we need to get two players definitely. And then with the trade, there he goes again. I'm not editing that. That is my good luck charm. So, you know, it, it might not be Kemba, it could be somebody else, no, you never know. But according to wherever we sign, if we don't, like I said, if we don't get Zion, if we don't get RJ or Ja, then um, we need to just um, trade that pick. That would be either pick four or five, because we can't go no lower than four or five. Pick one of those two, um, you know, trade down and maybe get, you know, right now I haven't really had a chance to really sit and um, think about who we could get. But, um, you know, getting the, getting the big three is going to be is gonna be big with us next year because I mean we don't need necessarily to get like a high another high draft pick because we already have a bunch of young players on the team you know I forgot about Alonso Trier there's a bunch of different guys we got on this team so you know we don't necessarily need to add another young person to that team you know because we already have enough 
you know, so we, we can um, pack up some guys and then end up trying to get another third player that's almost on, on par, maybe like second tier kind of player to play with Durant and say Kyrie, for instance. You know what I'm saying? So long story short, the culture is established. It has been established already. And it's already a working culture right now. You know, we, we can um, we can physically say um, what we have or what we're trying to do. You know, we, we want guys to play defense. We want guys to run. And they've done that. It hasn't been successful, but doesn't mean that, that we're not trying to do that. No, we're absolutely trying to do that. We're absolutely trying to get younger. And then now that we that we've done all that, we secured the bag, and now we're ready to to move on and um and make a push for that for the playoffs and even more next year. Now, if you know this podcast, I like to play a lot of music. I usually have a point to it. Now, a lot of times when um, people hear that beat come in, they automatically think of a different song. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are going to try to move your feet. Now, that's the song most people think about when they first hear that, that beat drop. That's all New York City culture, really. And then the way that that, um, that spread across the country started off with disco. Turned into hip hop. Basically, took the country by storm, took the world by storm. That's hip hop culture. I'll just bring all that stuff up, just um to to start this conversation. How easily can we be influenced by certain things? So music, music is um, the number one, and people don't really don't really um realize it. But uh, you can you can go back to any any um, era, music. Music is the always the key factor that brings everyone together. It could be racism and stand the other. Music comes on, everybody's gonna get up and dance if it's a good song. You know, you forget who's um, bad, who's who's not. You just forget all about it. You just um, the music is good. Everybody's vibing on it. It's a vibe. You know, culture is a vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's a vibe that everybody's on. You know what I'm saying? So you you could be from the South Bronx where it started, or you could be in Japan. And still vibe off the same frequency, and and can feel each other, you know, each other's experiences and just the um just the life. You could just feel the life from from all across the world, and we're all connected. We all could be listening to the same song at the same time. We all get the same reaction. That's an amazing uh, phenomena, and um in this um human landscape, this little cultural phenomena could be brought, even chopped down even into in um to smaller amounts into like subcultures. Now I'm not not gonna play any more music. Right, right this minute but um we could just get down to the five boroughs five boroughs alone even we're not even talking about jersey connecticut and long island and upstate and F- even philly and boston we're not even going to talk about those those things just concentrate on the five boroughs i'm from brooklyn i have so much pride in being from brooklyn and just saying the word brooklyn like you say yo where you from yo i'm from brooklyn that's like it's like a thing everybody from brooklyn said the same exact way and then if you go to a party, whatever, whatever. I don't know if they do it anymore now because things things are starting to change a little bit. But up until up until when I was still in the clubs five years ago or so, you know, they they'll somebody gets on the mic and says, "Yo, is Brooklyn in the house?" Everybody screams, "Is Brooklyn in the house?" Yo, that is like like the theme song for everything, man. Is Brooklyn in the house? I mean, when people from Brooklyn hear that, 
it's almost like the freaking um, Thundercats song popped on, man. It just gives us so much energy. It's unbelievable. That's basically the same vibe you get, like if you're from the Bronx and you hear this song. Might as well just let the beat drop. New York to the heart, but got love for all. Line die in the fire where I learn the ball. Man, you know what it is, man. That's that culture, man. That's the culture, bro. That's the culture that everybody feels. You play that song anywhere, in the, in um anywhere in this world, and if there's somebody from New York there, they're gonna lose their minds. If there's somebody from the Bronx there, they might freaking spontaneously combust. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it, it is it is what it is, man. This is what is trying to be established here in New York. And like I said, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. And now you know I'm playing the music. I'm trying to um, paint this picture here, but the the vibe. It starts with the people. It's not necessarily something that that's um, we're waiting for someone to establish. It's already established. Like New York is supposed to have a vibe. New York has always had a vibe. New York has always been the originator of vibes. The the vibe the, the vibe that everyone copies. Now somewhere along the line, I want I don't want to know I don't I don't not I don't want to know I don't want to you know it could be it could be from the 70s 73. You know, something happened along, along that line. You know, we had like riots and fires and stuff in the city. Kind of broke it up. Then um, we came down into the drug era. A lot of cocaine was going on in the early 80s. You know, then we got the crack er epidemic hit us. And then that's when um, Ewing came along. And uh, we had like the, um, the real tough years where it was hardcore defense. And everybody was real like that. You know, everything was real gritty. You know, is, is is it a coincidence that the city was was um was um was tough during the 80s and the early 90s, and then when when um and is is that a coincidence that that Ewing came, and then the whole Pat Riley and X Men, Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, is it a coincidence that all these guys came in during that same time? That's the city vibe, man. It's the whole city vibe. We, the the um the pulse of the city, the the um the people that walk these streets, we are the ones that brought that brought that team to us with our New York vibe because they, they took on our personality we didn't take on their personality they took on our personality you know like, like I said I, I painted the picture with the whole um, Jordan and the Bulls how they came how they came about and I painted the picture how they how the Spurs came about now I just painted the picture how the Knicks came about with, with Patrick Ewing and all of those um, tough tough years now like I said all that stuff is brought on with, by us now, since Patrick Ewing um, left us, we did that. You know, I know it might sound crazy, and I've talked about this before on my podcast too. It's about the power of the word, the power of the thought, the power of the action. All these different things play a part into the, into, um, into life. Now, when uh, when when Ewing was winding down his career, everybody wanted him out of here. No one appreciated Big Man. You know, no, nobody appreciated him. They, they wanted to trade him before he got too old. Then once he got too old, they, then, then they traded him for nothing. And then we've been trying to catch up for for years. Up until, up in, we've been trying to catch up up until Scott Perry right now. You know, even with the whole Mellow years when Mellow came and Amari came. And we had a, like a little little blip as for, um, of success. All of, all of that was um, bullshit. What, um, what, really, what really brought it about is um, Scott Perry. First, Phil Jackson into Scott Perry. That's what started this whole thing anew. Now we're at a place that we have never been before. We got so many people that are excited about these young guys. Mitch Robinson. We never had a guy like that. So lucky. You know, uh, Treyer. 
there's another guy. We, we haven't had a guy like that since um, Jamal Crawford. You know, we didn't appreciate Jamal when he was here. Now we got another Seattle guy. You know, is it, these things are not, are not happening for no reason. We are attracting these things to the team. Now, the thing about it now, we got the worst record in the NBA. Now, I understand we, 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 um, we have the same percentage as um, two other teams. And, you know, it's going to be hard to, to get that number one pick. But we got to be in it to win it. And we're not going to win it if everyone keeps saying that we're not going to win it. So if we don't win it, you can't be like, oh, see, I told you. No, this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, Knicks is going to do that. And they like, say, hey, look, look. Yeah, but this is what you wanted. <laughs> you know, you have to manifest these things. So like I said, all the, all these bad years since, like, I want to say 2001, 2002, 2003, the Knicks haven't, haven't won since then. You know, all the way up until, up until um, uh, the LeBron um, sweepstakes. He came around. That's when um that's what started um the, the whole new resurgence with the, with the Knicks or whatever. But um we still couldn't get it right because it's all the anxiety that we have. You know oh yeah we should get metal now we should get metal now and look we got metal now and we should have waited because if we got him in the summertime we would have had the young guy. Same thing is going right now. We could have just waited. If we waited to the following summer we would have still kept Gallo and all these guys. They would have been demoted to the bench. We would have Melo coming coming in his prime and then he would have had a team around him that would have took them to the championship. Now being the sacrificial lamb, Carmelo Anthony, age, age finally brought him down to earth because when he was in his prime, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of people saying that he was a team player, they saying all the other factors whatever. When it comes down to it, Melo was not a team player. He wanted the ball. He wanted the ball and he did not want to pass it. No matter how many good players he had on the team, he wanted to be the man. And that was that was his downfall for his career. But now he's an older guy and he's now looking on the outside, looking in. Nobody wants to sign him. He got to wait till the offseason. Now the Knicks have a chance to get him back. Now the thing about this, the, the reason why we have that chance is because so many people want Melo to come back to the team. But everyone also has to understand that he's too old for that right now. Getting back on subject. We um we always wanted to rebuild. We've been saying it for years. Yo, the Knicks need to just rebuild. They need to just rebuild, tear it down, build with the youth. Build. Yo, we've been begging for that for like the last um for like the last ten years or so. Now we finally rebuild. And then now when we do rebuild, people out there complaining about oh the Knicks suck. They lose again. They need to fire the owner. The owner finally did what everybody wanted to do. They finally he finally um agreed to let a basketball guy take over. And then they stripped the team down, got nothing but young players, and um cleared the cap. Now we now we at the at the um like sky's the limit right now. We have all this money and we have all these young players. So then when it when it comes down to it, if if we get Durant and if we get a Kyrie, let's say we get Durant and Kyrie, that's those are the two guys we've been rooming to get for like almost a whole year. If we get those two guys, we have enough young people and um we have enough young people on the team to um to package up together and um shoot them out here and get another guy here. And I'm not even saying, I didn't say nothing about Zion, Ja, or um, RJ. We can get one of those three guys and still trade some of the young guys that we have and ship them off and get another person to come here. We'll have an all-star team. Now, the question is, do we even deserve an all-star team with the way that our fans have been acting lately? Especially with like, like a fan like, like the dude in my job. These guys are still um, lingering around here. These, they're like Gollum. Gollum from the Lord of the Rings and shit. My precious, my precious. These guys are like like um, zombie guys, you know, like um, Walking Dead. This um, Nick fans that that um, their soul died somewhere in, in the 90s, and they're still walking this earth, limping, you know, dragging their feet and trying to infect everyone else with their sickness. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a new day. We have to get our minds together. We have to get our shit together as Knicks fans. Keep your eyes on the prize and just. 
think positively. Yes, we have the money. We could get Gadorian. We could get another guy. We could possibly drive Zion. Why not? Believe it. You know, and if we if we don't, it's not the end of the world. There are other options. You know, we're right, we we are we are right there. There's no reason to to be doom and gloom. This is the best chance we've had to win anything since uh, Walt Frazier and them guys were coming up. Since um, you know the captain, since um, since he came along from Grambling State, and he was he was there, and then um, Frazier came up, and then all the other guys. This is the best chance we've had since then. I'm not even talking about Ewing, because we didn't win nothing in Ewing. And, and um, there were so many different things that, that stopped us from, from getting to the top. But when everything fell into place, was was um 69 and 73. That whole era when we was um when we was winning for like, I want to say maybe like five or six years we were winning. This is the best chance for us to get there. And we can't get there unless we're thinking right, man. We got to think better. It's a new day, man. Alright guys, we're going to wrap it up. This is Eru, the Andy Star host of the Dynasty Podcast. I would like to thank some new listeners. We got some new listeners coming out of Connecticut by way of the Gorilla Podcast Network. I know I just um just got affiliated with those guys. They um they just posted um a little intro kind of um picture with a description this and the other describing on what I what I do here. It's the next podcast, as you can see. I throw a lot of hip hop, a lot of philosophy. A lot of other stuff, a lot of good vibes too. I try to keep it, try to keep the vibes up in this podcast, and um, I hope to share it with um with my new audience, my new um audience is jumping on the board here, and um Connecticut, you know Connecticut has always been um getting the like the raw deal when it comes to the tri-state thing, like you know of course we got New York, you got the upstate Long Island, all that stuff is affiliated with that Staten Island, and then um you got Jersey, Jersey's you know by default is like our cousin, you know what I'm saying. So it goes all the way to, uh, to Newark and almost all the way to Philly. You know what I'm saying? So we already know that. But Connecticut Connecticut always gets kind of like the backseat. So I'm kind of excited to, to get involved with that because I would like to um, interact with guys from um, guys and gals from um, Connecticut that are Knicks fans. Let's get it popping, man. You know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make some trips out to Nick, out to Connecticut. Hopefully, I can get mobile and be able to um, connect with some people out there, and we could just um, talk Knicks. Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not um you know uh, interested in talking with those Knicks fans that just want to start trouble because they got their own issues with themselves or whatever. I'm interested in meeting real Darhead fans that but that's really down, and um they've been through it or they've seen it all or whatever, and they can see that this potentially could be something good. Even if it doesn't, even if it blows up in our face, we're still not leaving the team. This is our team, diehard, ride or die. That's the whole point of being a diehard. There's no such thing as uh, fair with the fans, where you where you're a fan this day and you're a fan, you're not a fan this day because something happened. I mean, we grown ups, man. We're not like little kids anymore. You, like your heart got broken. Like, come on, man. This is this is just a, a sport. It's supposed to something to pull us away from our regular lives. Something that we can enjoy. Now, I'm not I'm not gonna be so like um, heartbroken from from this, you know. To um, you know, I mean, like I said, this is my outlet. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna turn my outlet into pain and misery you know what i'm saying this is following the team just something to um to to you know to to follow so because when the knicks do actually start winning again and if, and if we win a championship it'll be all that much sweeter for the people that hold on to it so it's all fun man so i thank you guys from from um for listening and i would like you guys to continue listening please like share subscribe follow me on instagram follow me on facebook uh, Facebook and Instagram are both Diehard Knicks podcasts. 
um, on um, Instagram, excuse me, on Twitter is um, diehard uh, diehard Knicks PC, and um, you can go from there, man. Just gonna keep following me on Instagram, posting a lot of stuff daily, two, three, sometimes four posts a day. You know what I'm saying on on Instagram. So I'm very active, and um, this podcast is um, every week Tuesday ish. <laughs> like right now, this is still Tuesday. This podcast will be. Officially drop sometime tonight, and then you probably hear it on Wednesday morning. And um, every once in a while, I'll throw like a little surprise episode, depending on what's going on. Like um, next week, next week's a big week. Um, not next week, uh, like two weeks from now is a big, big thing because um, it's the draft lottery, May 14th. So you know, I might have some things going on that week. So tune in for that. Anyway, this is how I like to end episodes. Put four fingers to your dome, tucking your thumb. And salute. That's the proper way to greet a Nick, to greet a diehard Knicks fan, especially a diehard Knicks fan like me. So once again, it's Ewu to any star host of the Dynasty Podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening. Tuck four fingers to your forehead, tucking that thumb. Salute. And I see you guys in the next one. All right, peace.